Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. I just want to state for the record uh, here on your Basilio show, I, I just want to state for the record that before anything else happens today, I just want to let everybody know that's listening to the sound of my voice that we stand on business today. So I stand on business. Let me ask Matt Dixon. Matt Dixon, do you stand on business? Uh, Always, Tom. Always. Don't brag about it, though, but yes. Brian Hartman, do you stand on business today? Brian, not I'll a, take that as a no. Not a trick question, Brian. Do you stand on? Brian does not stand on business. John, do you find yourself standing on business today? No, I don't stand on business. I stand on business. Could you imagine walking up to another human being, John, and saying to them after a football game, "Coach, I stand on business," and walking away from them real quick? Because you know you're mic'd up. And Hypel's just stand there like a kind of a, has that confused Chumley look on his face. Because Hypel looks like Chumley a little bit from uh, Pawn Stars. And he has that sort of confused Chumley look on his face like, what? Huh? What? Matt, what uh, do you think of that? Matt, what do you think of the guy knowing he's mic'd up walking up to Hypel after that game? The calculation of... Eli, drink a fifth. Are we going to appreciate this after the fact? This just adds to the the intrigue that is Southeastern Conference football. Well, that everybody outside of Missouri's fan base can see right through that and can see what that was. You know, just a prop for to make a video and try to pull one over on a guy that put sixty on you two years in a row that you're not playing the next year. So. Most most people can see right through that. And then they build their little 15-minute video this week around it. Matt, tell the truth. You watch the video. No, not at all. Why what? would I watch that? It was hilarious. I rewatched, I rewatched the damn game. No, the video is hilarious. Because what they do in the video is the video begins with, uh, last, I guess it was Tommy Boy Hart doing the game last year and they're saying, boy, we just kind of hope Tennessee does the, I don't know. 
I think the guy doing the game with him was Rogers, and it was like, you know, an appeal to sportsmanship here. They're going to kneel the ball down. And, of course, the ball's running in the end zone because they have no regard for them, John. They have, like, zero regard for them. And I, Tony? I, yeah. So you're telling me that they had this this video planned? There's no doubt. Okay. Well, if they did, then I'm even more impressed with Missouri football. It's as though they knew what they were getting ready to do and said, let's get this documented. Matt, what do you think? Is that true? Did they know, hey, after the game, I'm going to walk up to him and we'll build our video around it after we beat these guys? Or is that giving them too much credit, Matt? Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know if they make those every week and if they have him mic'd up, but I, mean, I it was definitely a calculate, calculated move to do it. They, they probably mic'd him up late in the fourth quarter, to be honest. They do make those videos every week because that, that is a thing. That's a thing Missouri does, part well, of their it outreach. Out for, it worked out for them, I think. This is one of the more significant turnarounds in SEC football, what Missouri's done. I mean, I give Eli Drinkowitz. I, I thought this guy was the most overpaid coach in the country after last year. He got a raise to $6 million with a losing record, overall losing record, by a slight margin at Missouri. And they're going to give him over $6 million? thought it was one of the dumbest moves ever. And now those guys look pretty bright because this is a this is a really good team. So yeah, and he's working for an AD. I don't know how long they'll sustain this. The league's getting tougher. They're not recruiting great. We'll see. Well, I mean, they're recruiting okay. You know, I mean, they got a couple five star players, and mm, I mean, they, they've taken full advantage of the the in state nil yeah. you know, laws and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them credit for that. What's their What's their recruiting ranking now? I didn't think it was that good. Mm-mm. It's not, but they've been able to keep home some five star players. And look, when you're at a place like that, if you can sprinkle in some superstars, kind of like they've done this year, some superstars with some pretty decent players, you can go off and have a pretty good football team which is what they've been able to do john adams today on a thursday presented by our friends jennifer morris keller williams and you know most people think the holidays are a bad time to sell their home however the truth is it's one of the best times to sell your home and you know serial serious buyers aren't out there just kind of looking around uh during the holidays um they're, they're, serious buyers are the ones looking right now. So if somebody's looking around at a holiday season, chances are they're serious. Because generally, you know, you're, you're tied up with other things. So look, if, if you're so a first Tony, time, if you're a first time home buyer, go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering, should I call uh, Jennifer and tell her I want to sell my house? If you're, in, if you, that's what you want to do. Well, I need to get another house. If you're a first-time buyer or haven't gone through the process in a long time or unsure how to start, call Jennifer. She's going to be happy to point you in the right direction. And if you're running and you want to buy something but don't think you're able to, give her a jingle. She might be able to help you figure that out pretty quickly. 
You're dealing with a Fountain City gal. You're dealing with somebody who loves her Tennessee sports. And uh, she sent me a little note and said she's already fired up, focused, and prepared for Tennessee baseball season. So come see her at Lindsey Nelson Stadium if you get the opportunity. She's a living Braves fan as well. Sports-minded, doggy lover like me, great gal. Jennifer Morris, 865-257-7897. You can find out more information, nextmovesmokymountains.com. As Sean joins us on a Thursday, and, John, one of the themes around here this week has been how to make sense of what's going on with Tennessee's program in the last year getting popped three times on the road. Not very good. No, and I guess we talked about this Saturday night, too, but when you look at this Tennessee season, I mean, the record's okay. I mean, Tennessee could probably will finish 8-4, uh, and four, could win a bowl game and be 9-4. and four. That equals the high watermark of uh, the Butch Jones era. He had two 9-4 seasons. So when you put it in the context of the last uh, 15 years or so, this is pretty good for Tennessee football. Problem with this season is goes kind of beyond the record. When you look at it and you want to tell somebody, well, Look whom we beat. Remember Jeremy Pruitt's first year when he went down there to Auburn and and beat a nationally ranked Auburn team? I still hadn't figured out how figured out how that happened. And he also beat a ranked Kentucky team. My point, you point to a game, what's the what's the best game for Tennessee, the best win? And gosh, I, I guess you'd have to say Kentucky. Uh, because it was on the road, you beat Kentucky by three points. But when that's your best win, that's that's not something that Tennessee fans rally around. They're used to beating Kentucky. I guess the other best win was at home against Texas A&M, a mediocre team, which uh, no matter how talented it might be, which just fired its coach. So not a... Not a real good win, a good season from that standpoint. No, and the thing that's really surprised me this week, John, from public sentiment, is that there's been this kind of bounce-back deals. The week's gone along where people are getting angrier and angrier about that Florida game, which I, <laughs> I, I guess I didn't know what to I, – I never expected that. Like Matt and I were talking about this a couple days ago. In my mind, the Florida game, you play it, it happens. It's like an annual tradition. You lose to them, whether they're good, great, bad, uh, generally somewhere in the middle uh, lately. But you go out and lose that game, and then you have the rest of your football season. For some reason this year, our fan base has decided they're going to park on that game and, and, and get retroactively angry about how that shouldn't happen when it's the Florida game. Yeah, but Tony, I don't think that's a, a fair way to look at that. Just because it's Florida, just because it's in the swamp, oh, you can't beat Florida no matter how bad it is if, if, if you're playing in the swamp. I, I can understand why that might be simmering with fans because as the season has gone along, look at the beatdowns Florida's taken. I mean, look what LSU just did to it. 
Jake Daniels, LSU's quarterback, had a game of the ages. One of the greatest individual performances of all time against that defense. Look what Kentucky did to Florida. Just lined up and ran the ball on them all day long. Georgia handled Florida with ease. Uh, Arkansas, didn't Arkansas beat Florida? Yeah. So I just think that has something to do with it. And it's almost like it's uh, it's a cumulative effect. The Missouri loss was so bad, and I think it was so surprising to Tennessee fans. Not shocking that Tennessee lost, but shocking by, by that margin and the nature of the victory. So they take that, and that hurts, and they go back to previous pain. It's kind of like you're sick. This You've been struggling with health issues. Yeah. Well, see, you go back retroactively, and you think of past experiences where you were really sick and felt really bad, and it, come back, so it comes back on you, makes you feel even worse. So try not thinking about those previous bad illnesses. Appreciate that. No, no uh, problem, man. By the way, I finally got on some antibiotics for my secondary infection, which has been a lot of fun. Speaking of infections, Brian Hartman, you know, um, we're getting ready to put the CBS experiment. We're getting ready to hear that for the last time associated with the Vols. And I'm going to ask the living listener, are you going to miss CBS television? Brian, are you going to miss CBS television? Brian Hartman. Is Brian on the show today? I don't know. This is as good as he sounded in a while. Matt Dixon, are you going to find yourself missing CBS television? Uh, there's some, yeah, there's some, some, yeah, I'll, I'll miss it a little. I bet I'll miss the theme song more than the actual broadcast. Bum, 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 it's bum, bum, just bum. so ingrained in SEC football. And I mean, I basically all I've grown up on because it came around. I think they came around right in the mid nineties, um, right when my fandom started. So that's that's kind of all I'd know. So I, I'll I'll kind of miss that aspect of it. But you know, the the commentators know. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what ESPN does production wise going forward with the SEC. But you know, I, I mean it. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll kind of miss that the national broadcast and all that stuff. But I mean it's. Games, games are still going to be televised, and it's all kind of the same. The Vols have played 102 games on CBS. 102 games on CBS television. And what a lot of people don't realize is they, they think that CBS only happened in 92 and we split into the divisions. But CBS was broadcasting college football games back in the 80s. They were at the Cobb Webb game. They used to have that really obnoxious guy from Washington, Tim Brandt, that used to do games. Remember that, John? You remember the Tim Brandt guy? Oh, yeah. It reminds me of Tim Brando, who's one of my favorite announcers. Tim Brando, former USFL. He was he's the, on ESPN announcer. He's three poor. We worked in Baton Rouge together. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a nice guy. First, uh, if you want to enjoy a broadcast... Watch that late-night Pac-12 game with Tim Brando and uh, Spencer Tillman. That's a fun game. Yeah, they do a fun telecast. They're they're best buddies. They've worked together a long time at different places. I think 
Tim might have named his son after Spencer. Wow, really? But they have a lot of fun. And they just add something. They're they're different. I'd rather listen to them than anybody else. I will miss CBS though. Um I, I we we hear so everything is so ESPN oriented. Agreed, John. I, I, I just like getting a different take. It's not part of that. ESPN just overwhelms you. It, it it's you know, uh that's what part of the reason I guess maybe I like Tim and Spencer is because they're with Fox. Uh, but I do like CBS, and, and I'm amused by uh, by fans. Most fans don't like announcers. Anybody announcing their team, their game, I think fans look at them the way they look at officials. They're against us. They don't like us. Uh, so I'm always amused by the Gary Danielson hatred from the Tennessee fan base. Uh, so, yeah, I will... Uh, I'll miss CBS. How about, and, uh, how about you, Brian? We've played um, 102 times on CBS television, Brian. You going to miss them? Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> you can hear me? Y- yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I will, and I kind of will, but I won't miss Gary Danielson, if that makes sense. Yes. I'll kind of miss the – I'll miss the intro, like Matt said. I'll miss that. And it just seemed like CBS, if, it, if your game made CBS, it felt like it was important because they were only televising that one game a week. But if you're on ESPN ABC, you're one of several, multiple games that's going to be televised. So in a way, yeah, I will miss CBS, but I won't really miss. I kind of miss Vern more than I miss anybody. Oh, Uncle Vern. He's retired. Who started in Knoxville. tackling. Started in Knoxville. <laughs> I like Vern, too. Old Uncle Vern started in Knoxville. If you ever talk to Vern off the air, he's like this lot. Hey, Vern, how you doing? Mm -hmm. You put him in front of a microphone, and he turns into like a a bombastic broadcaster. Tony, maybe that's a theme with uh, play-by-play guys. I probably told this story on here before, but... When Larry Munson was alive and doing mm-hmm. Georgia games, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whenever I was at the Georgia game, one of his people would come over to me in the press box and say, hey, Larry, we'd like to have you on a pre-game. I, can, I said, sure. I was kind of fascinated by him. Was, I, I thought he was one of the most awesome SEC announcers of all time. So I would go over there, and I'd sit down beside him, he wouldn't even acknowledge my presence. So great. And then, until he got the cue that we're on live, and then, then I was the best guy in the world. It, it was awesome. It was like, it was all uh, business. So we started out talking about business. Well, this was more business. He was standing on business. He was literally standing, standing on business. Anybody. So, Brian, 102 yeah. games, okay? How many's Tennessee won? 102 Probably, games. Probably, uh, um, I'll say between about 55. 43. Six, six, oh, I was Falls are 43 and 59. I was going to go somewhere between 40 and 60. That's not a bad record, John, on CBS when you stop and think about. When you're in that slot, you're generally playing somebody equal 
or better than you. What's what's Alabama's record on CBS? Don't, don't have it. I bet it's incredible, though. The last 10 years, Matt, the Vols have played 29 games on CBS. How many have they won? Last 10 years, 20, um, eight. That's exactly right. Eight oh, wow. 21. Yeah. I was going to say 10. And the crazy thing is Josh Heupel has four of those wins. Brian Heupel's record on CBS is? What, he is what did we come up with last week? And I want to say five and three. Five and four. Oh, we're counting. Okay. So he's won five of those eight. All right. I don't know the exact number. I was guessing. I thought you had it. No, I don't have it. Okay. Is he four and something, guessing. or we or we think he's won five and five and four? Let's look that up, would you? Tony, you you really expect Brian to have all the answers? Oh, he's got all the answers. It's in the, it's in the you media. Have a question, you go to Brian. In the last twenty SEC road games, and by the way, I'm going off Go Vols one one eight one on Twitter. In the last twenty SEC road games, what do you think the Vols record is on there? What do you think the Vols record is on there? Matt. Last 20? 20, 20 uh, SEC road know, games. 6 and 14. What do you think, Matt? Because that's something that Hype will have been able to dent, the road the road deal. Uh, you mean SEC, like, uh, yeah. CBS road games? SEC, CBS road games. You guys want to get depressed? Uh, 3 and 17. 1 and 19. Is that any good? 2016 Georgia, the last one. They won? I guess that's right. Jesus. Oh, I just thought you were talking road games. SEC road games on CBS, 1 and 19, including that. I don't even know what you would call that last week, what the what the analogy is, that pile of dung in Missouri. You call it, you call it standing on business. That's what you call it. Adam Sparks from your News Sentinel. Matt has does a little hypology here in his latest column. Adam does a really nice job. We invited him on today. He's um, indisposed, but he sends his talk to him. But he sends his regards nonetheless. <laughs> At Central Florida, Heupel's team's penalty yards per game increased from sixty-five point two in twenty eighteen. His first year to seventy four point eight in twenty twenty. Now here's what happens when you start when you start losing a little bit. The beat writers and people involved start looking into this stuff a little bit because you start going, okay, what's what's the deal here? At Tennessee, his team's averages went from sixty three point seven yards twenty twenty one. 68.8 yards last year, and this season they're up to 72.5 yards per game this season. It seems like the bigger the game, the closer they are to 100 yards in penalties this year against the brand-name opponents. I don't know what's led to that, but among the 85 penalties this season, 
45 have come on offense, 34 on defense, and 6 on special teams. Matt, does any of that surprise you? He's following his trend at Central Florida. Each year the penalties are getting more and more profuse. And kind of like at Central Florida there, his last year, it it ends up becoming costly and something people point to. No, it, it's not surprising because this is what his trend has been every year. They're among the most penalized teams in the country, um, which you've got to clean up. And some of that, I think, is due to – actually, I think a lot of it's due to the pace, just the number of snaps, but also – just trying to go quick, you know. Maybe you, you don't get aligned properly. You know, get a you know pre-snap penalties. I, th- I think some of that's there, but not as much as as I, I, I at least hoped was when, when Tennessee first hired High because this was a problem at UCF. Um, but I, I you know I wrote about it on the blog yesterday that the interesting part about all this is Tennessee's opponents are among the most penalized teams in the country as well every year, uh, or at least Heupel's opponents are. Um, have been every year, including last year and, and two years ago. But this year, Tennessee opponents are the least penalized team in the SEC, which I find really, really interesting. While Tennessee is still penalized in a normal amount um, for Hypo's tenure, their opponents just aren't being penalized this year for, for whatever reason. Why is that, John? Are we not putting yeah. Are we not putting pressure on teams the way that we have in the past? I think that's exactly why. That's a... That's some great research by Matt. Uh, this, I mean, let's face it. This doesn't really look like a Josh Heupel offense. Uh, if you go back to last season, uh, it wasn't just all the yards and points Tennessee was uh, piling up. It was that tempo. It was uh, breathtaking tempo. We haven't seen that this year. And I think when you're, you're playing at that kind of tempo, teams are scrambling to get set. Uh, they're jumping offside sometimes. Uh, they're just out of sorts. Uh, but you said you put it exactly right. Putting pressure, putting pre- This offense isn't putting pressure on teams consistently. What do you think, Matt? The whole concept of pressure—they're going fast. But if I'm defending them, I'm like, where are you going? You're gonna run. You're gonna hurry up and run another running play. I mean, where are you going? But I don't, Tony. I don't think they are going as fast. You're not gonna throw over me. I don't think they are either. I don't think it's even close. Even no. even though the numbers kind of say it's it's similar, I don't. I don't think it's anywhere near as as up tempo as they have been, or they weren't. I think they even start out that ago. way. Yeah, I think they start out that way, but they don't have the same success, so they slow down. They start games out that way. The first series seems like they want to go fast. I wonder why the numbers guys say that they're putting pressure on people when they're really not putting pressure on people. Wonder why, Matt. I wonder what's so deceiving about that. Because the numbers say that they're basically running at the same pace they ran last year. But, boy, it sure doesn't feel like that when you're watching a football game. No, and, and really... The oddity, another oddity of it is that the defense seems to be putting more pressure on the opponent. With It's been good at pressuring opposing pass, uh, passers. 
And, and Tyler Barron's not gotten a holding call all season, despite being, you know, in chokeholds, you know, multiple times on, on key plays. So, no, I, I just think last year's team picked up so many first downs that it, it, I guess it made it seem that they were going quicker than they really were because they were just moving the chains so often. Um, and this year they're, they're, you know, just obviously not. And they're not just, they're not stretching the field like they, like they did last year. And, and even the few times they have this year, there's, you know, we've mentioned it all season, just the lack of pass interference that's being caught across the board. So that, that would be another reason why some of that's, is is not there when when you bring up, bring up pass interference which i mean i've had officials through the years explain to me how pass interference is called uh i still can't figure it out uh it's like uh flipping a coin um the other thing though is targeting i mean they there's just no consistency with targeting that we're that, seeing it that less Jane, and less that, that Jaden daniels thing when that kid from alabama launched yeah. on him and they didn't throw him out of that game. You should get suspended for the rest of the year for what he did to that kid. If you're so, really trying to protect people. So Tony, is it does it sound callous to say they ought to do away with the targeting rule? Do you really think targeting has reduced injuries? Maybe it has. I, I, I think it's reduced those kill shot hits. I really it, do think it's made a, an impact there. I, I don't think guys should be thrown out. For like the tar, like the actual targeting, like that one, the the Bama one, that that guy should have been thrown out. But like I think we're, we're to a point now where we've had targeting for like ten years. We've gotten rid of those, you know, wide receivers getting just destroyed going over the middle. You know, some of the kill shots on quarterbacks. I think for the most part we've taken those out of the game, which was the whole point of the rule. Um, I, I would like to I'd keep the rule and keep targeting in there, but I would. I would take away the the automatic ejection and suspension for it. What well, I think. Go ahead, John. Well, with that in mind, Matt, why not? Why even call it targeting? Why instead of having this this loosely applied criteria that constitutes targeting? If you look at that hit on Jaden Daniels, just call that a personal foul. And if you think it is such an extreme foul kick the player out of the game, make it more of a judgment thing. Uh, but just using, I agree with you, kicking a player out on a judgmental call is, I, I don't like that. I think, think that's too severe. But anybody watching that particular hit in this era of targeting, they're just dumbfounded by it. And they're also, I'm also wondering about this. Here's a, I watch so much college football, and I've just noticed it in so many different games. Certain calls now are disappearing. This uh, horse collar tackle doesn't exist. Well, they—I mean, there was a flagrant case, uh, case of that in the LSU Alabama game, and there was one in a Tennessee game. I can't remember which it was, but they just don't call that anymore. And to me, that is not a difficult call. It's not like pass interference. One of you all came up with the concept earlier in the year that they want the game to go faster so they're not calling as many penalties, which I think is true, by the way. And Tennessee is still managing to increase the number of penalties, which is where we started here, which is why we got how we got onto our penalty discussion. And 
what Adam Sparks was looking into. And if I'm sitting over there at Tennessee, I'm going, now, why Why are we getting all? They're not calling things like they once did. They're just not. And to John's point, um, the thing about targeting that I've always thought, I've always thought, it kind of reminds me of um, John Thompson and the old uh, Prop 48, those that were around for that. He said, you know, you label these kids, Prop 48 kids, and it follows these kids. I've always thought if you're going to call something targeting, that better mean you did that on purpose. So many of those hits are just accidental. They're just time and space, and it's quick, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a would-be tackler, and I go in with my head down which I think is a proper application of that rule because guys are going to break their necks. If you don't get that out of that sport, that's big and strong. And I'm talking about the guys making the tackles. You, your neck will break, which is one of the reasons why. Or you'll end up with a terrible uh, a neck injury anyway. I mean, you just look at the physics of that. So that makes complete sense to me. But like John's saying, when you throw a guy out of a game for targeting, to me, that connotes that's a dirty player right there. And many times, it's a 50-50 type of call. I mean, just throw him out of the game. Just say, hey, you know, this guy's been ejected you, for a personal foul. Go ahead, Bri. Have you noticed that they don't review as many targeting plays now that they did before? I've noticed that. That's the point. like that the, the reviews have gone way, way down. Brian, we are now in an era where they've decided, hey, this is a television product. And we're going to try and get these games in in these windows. And the four-hour football game is something we're trying to do away with because we're trying to become mini-NFL. But we'll come back. So, so you've got the agenda now. Tennessee is getting ready to play their final CBS game. Are you going to miss it? The rule stuff, uh, what does it mean to you? Josh Heupel, each year at UCF, the number of penalties went up. Does that continue? Uh, We come back. We take a full bank of calls and roll through it. John Adams on a Thursday. Do not, whatever you do, try this at home. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. I've got our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson for Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? 
I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's find out what's going on at Foodland and what great savings you guys have for the next two weeks. All righty. Well, we have cooked shank portion ham, a dollar forty nine a pound. Sweet potatoes, thirty nine cents a pound. Mrs. Smith or Edwards pies, five ninety nine each. Smithfield spiral sliced ham, two forty nine a pound. Food club turkey, a dollar twenty nine a pound. Coca Cola twelve packs, two for eleven. And Pillsbury pie crust frozen, two for six, and a whole bunch more. All right. People need to come in and check it out. You always have a flyer right there handy at the door for everybody. So, And these sales run again for uh, the next two weeks, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyways, you guys are located right there on West 7th Street. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Miles, you and the staff have a great uh, Thanksgiving next weekend. All righty. Same to y'all. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. My name's Tita the V, and I'm back with you, and it's absolutely outstanding. Tomorrow's Titans Bill's birthday celebration. Shout out Tom Marine, who's helped me over at Smoothie King with our uh, festivities. And we're going to be out at Calhoun's on the River tomorrow celebrating. And tomorrow, Brian, I don't want you in my house. I don't want you to get sick here at the Ray Mirror studio. So in the spirit of that, Brian, a rare hall pass for you while we're out doing a live broadcast. Are you going to join us tomorrow for Titans Bill's birthday live on the spot? Brian, people want to meet you. That's uh, that's up in the air, Tone. Dixon? Give Brian some advice here, and how would you see that going, if Dixon, if, if Brian shows up, and then we'll go to the phones? Well, I'd, I'd hate for, for Brian to, to steal Titans Bill's spotlight on his birthday, but I think it'd be nice if Brian showed up. I mean, I mean Brian... He's not Shirley Jones, like like John was trying to, to navigate, but Brian's showing up for Titans Bill's birthday... I mean, you couldn't ask for a better present than that. And, you know, if we put it out right now, Bri, you might be able to get some presents. Maybe get more presents in Titans Bill, John, if you stop and think about it. Well, well Tony, I, I don't feel real good about that. I don't think it's right, honestly. I mean, it's Titans Bill's birthday. And you know what I wonder? You wanted Titans Bill to have his birthday party in October. Right. And he said, well, no, that's not my birthday. I mean, I even said I was going to try and get Shirley Jones here in October for his birthday. Right. But he he still wanted it in November. I I mean, so I'm wondering, is this, it's almost like this is a a payback from you. Like you you were ticked off at him for not having the birthday in October. And so now you're going to bring Brian out there and make a big deal out of that. You're already started. Bringing Brian presents? Why should anybody bring Brian a present? Back to the phones we go. I don't think it's right. TLD Logistics phone lines. Hello and welcome in. Hello, guys. It's the Polish one. Hey, Polish one. Que pasa, Paisano? What are you guys saying, Poland? I call you Paisano. Let's look up friend in Polish since you're... Not Polish in your name, Ed and Joe. Hang on a second here. Uh, me, me amo Jorge. That's Espanol. Me amo Jorge is very good. What what word am I looking up in Polish? Friend. Uh, how friend, are you? 
friend in Polish. Oh, friend. Friend in Polish. Hey, Aura. It's uh, P-R-Y-Z-Y-J-A-C-I-E-L. Do I pronounce that? Don't ask me how that's pronounced. Hang on. They are really big on... uh... They're really big on consonants. Here, hang, that's how you say it. Here, hang on a second. Here, let's all learn a I, word together. Here, Paulie, hang on, because this is I, how I, you describe Rick Barnes, who you're single-minded and simple-minded toward. But let's uh, let's do this. Or how about Kaliga? Let's do this. Uh, here how we do you go. Say, hang on, Paulie. Ready, Paulie? Ready? Here we go. Psiachev. Let's try it again. I'll turn it up. Psiachev. 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 How do you say year of caller in Polish? All right, let's look this up. Uh, year of caller. Year of caller. Because this is the geophysical year of the caller in... I thought that was 2022. It's the Romans von... It's the Romans von... It's the Romans von... Geophysical year to call her. So go ahead, my friend. The last time I wasted so much time, I was listening to Dooley give me shower discipline. Year of caller. Rok dzwoniącego. Year of caller. Rok dzwoniącego. <laughs> John, somebody hey driving through town that's listening to that, what are they thinking right about now about the state of <laughs> Knoxville Radio? Year of caller. Rok dzwoniącego. Year of caller. Rok dzwoniącego. Year of caller. Rok dzwoniącego. Hang on. So guys, there's Hang there's on. at least there's a few Georgia fans who are tuning in hoping to get a breakdown of this game and that's what they're listening to. Yes, they're getting a, they're going to get a breakdown. We're going to get broken down Saturday night, I'm afraid. Uh, here's I love Rick Barnes in Polish. <laughs> um, How do you say hobnail boot in Polish? Interesting. <laughs> How do you say stand on business in Polish? Interesting. Guys, can we? Can I? Can I ask you a question? What? I don't want to ask a question to the French military. What's your grade for Heifel this year? I love Rick. Kochamrika. I love Rick. Kohamrika. Kohamrika. John, what's your grade of, um... <laughs> of Josh Heupel? That sounds good. What's your grade of Josh Heupel, John? Uh, probably about a C. Yeah, I'm going B+. Plus. B+. Plus. A-. minus. Well, I- Guys, how can we defend Samson getting three carries last Saturday? It is weird, John. Well, his best carry got called back for two holding flags on the same play. And he never saw the field mat after that, which is really strange. It was a six-point game with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, and he has three carries. The last time I seen that, believe it or not, was Alvin Kamara getting three touches against Oklahoma. It's curious. Their handling of him, John, is very strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't get their rotation, but, I mean, they have three good running backs, so I, I don't have a problem with Jalen Wright getting the ball. 
The other thing I don't I mean, understand did, uh, the Missouri back up the, the Nico thing. The Nico thing is really odd. The Nico thing is really odd. And Matt did point out, and this is correct. Sampson was on the field when Joe Milton bumped into him, which Watson Brown said, generally speaking, he said, look, I don't know everything about what they do. But generally speaking, that is a quarterback's issue when a running back bumps into him. Quarterback's responsible for spacing out there. Hey, guys, if I was Cattleman, I would have probably put about $140 in quarters in the pay machine right now. But I'm going to make it quick. The key to life, would you agree with this, John? It's to loving Rick Barnes. Is the key to life in coaching is learning from your mistakes. Would you agree with that, John, for a life, life lesson? I think it's very important, yes. In the FAU game, who played 39 seconds in his hometown in the biggest game of the year against an undersized You're team, ripping John? Rick Barnes right now? I love Rick. I love Rick. Wake up, sheep. I love Rick. I love Rick. What are you doing? They haven't trailed. They haven't trailed all year, you clown. They have played I love no Rick. one, Tony. Cojamarica. They haven't trailed Brian. All year I hear Wisconsin's about a nobody. Wisconsin's all of a sudden a nobody. A quad one game on the road. On the road? You goofball, say it with me. I hear about a Waka dominating the Olympics. Say it with me. I love Rick. I love Rick. You're a clown. Uh, Tony, I think someone someone driving through town. A dude has more metal plates in his knees than me. And I'm 46 years old and 300 pounds. What are you talking free about a dude's a metal plates? What do you mean free Awaka? What is this? Free Awaka. I love Rick. Cojamarica. If he played Awaka, we would have been in the Final Four last year. That, thank you, Paul. I, I appreciate your call. Um, if you were driving you straight on, today, Paulie. Make that contribution. I'm glad you held on to make that contribution. Go ahead, John. Well... I think he came at things with from a completely different angle today. That was kind of fresh, refreshing. <laughs> but I I think if you were driving through town today, just a Georgia fan coming in for the big win uh, this weekend, yes. Georgia fans passing through, got his radio on your station, and he hears that, it was as though you'd gotten two AM stations were were too close together, and you kept getting parts of one and parts of the other because. It's almost like one was a foreign language station. So that gentleman's name is not really Joe, and his name, and he's not Polish. But we're going to learn. We're going to learn a phrase together. He needs to learn this. It's called "I love Rick." In Polish, is "Rokam Rika." Rokam Rika. Rokam. Rokum, like R, Rokum Arika. Rokum Arika. Okay, here we go. I love Rick. Kohamrika. I love Rick. Kohamrika. Kohamrika. You need to say that, Polly. When you get up in the morning, you need to go Kohamrika. Kohamrika. Because by the time you get to Phoenix, 
you're going to be eating crow by the time how, we get to Phoenix. How do they Phoenix. say uh, by the time I get to Phoenix in Polish? Back to the phones we go. Does Brian leave a tender moment alone, John Adams, in your humble opinion? There are no tender moments with Brian. TLD Logistics uh, phone lines. Hello and welcome in. Hello? Hi, you're live on the air. Hey, Tony, what's up? It's Richard. Hey, buddy. Oh, man, good to talk to y'all, man. Tony, I've been listening since, uh, you know, last Saturday night and stuff and just uh, hadn't really had the stomach to call in. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> my stomach has still been churning for, for this long. So disappointing, and, man. Yeah, so, you know, I was in Memphis all week doing business, and, uh, and even it was tough down there, man, just uh, just, just kind of in a malaise. <laughs> but, uh, hey, uh, first of all, um, you know, just to, uh, just revisiting a little bit, you know, just how bad it was and the ugliness, especially of the defensive again. This is two years in a row that Ken Banks in November has laid an egg on the road um, and don't know what the game plan was or what they were doing, but all I know is defensively we just never got off the field and we never let our offense ever um, breathe this year to have a chance. And uh, But, again, but this year the, the offense joined in where, unlike last year, you know, we put up 600 yards on South Carolina but the defense was just so atrocious. Uh, you know, but uh, enough enough of that. You know, y'all were talking, I think, this this week about a bridge here, you know, between Hooker to Nico and, you know, and what we are with Joe and what this offense is. And the offensive numbers are there. The numbers are way down. Not only Joe, but the, the receivers, uh, the injuries we've had there, we're just not near as explosive as we are. But I kind of look at it, Tony, as this. I think it's a bridge here for the whole team. Look at how many COVID players we're still playing with that played for Pruitt. Think about it. It's a lot. There's a lot of players playing on this team that just are who they are. And that who they were four years ago is who they are today. Here, here's a good question. Why is that in year number three? Well, I mean, you know, uh, one, you, you know, when, when Josh took over, half his, all the majority of the players he, that were, had an opportunity to play transferred out. You know, a couple of them are in the NFL, well, three of them are in the NFL rosters that transferred out when he took over. And, uh, and so you lost a lot of talent. We, you know, he developed what was there and what he inherited. And those guys went off to the NFL himself uh, over the last two years. Uh, but it's left this team with just a lack of playmakers on both sides of the ball. It's still a complete death issue. And they like their young players. Uh, their freshman class, Tony, they love it. They're just not ready to throw them into the gauntlet yet. Um, they're recruiting. I think even Dr. Sean's talked about it. They're recruiting, Tony, has a chance. Um, they're on a couple more players. And if these couple other guys commit and come play, this recruiting class is is rival some of Philip Fulmer's best he ever had. That's how good they are uh, recruiting out there. So it really does come about the NIL, the ability to go out and flip some more roster, um, go out in the portal and get the best kids, not deaf players, but get the best kids. Let your freshman team and and this team, uh, uh, you know, be a big young football team next year. But it's about the roster completely. Because one thing I've noticed in college football, and, and, and disagree with me if you want, every team in college football has their moments when they go on the road where they don't play good football. They just don't have it. They don't have the effort, the energy, the focus, and it happens to a lot of teams. 
even the really good teams like Georgia and them have their moments, but why do Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State always win those games on the road when they played horrible? What is the one thing that they have? Well, they have players. Exactly. They have elite players, and they finally wake up, and they're able to overcome and still win the game. Everybody else in college football is playing from behind in that, and so everybody else has those moments on the road. You get what you got at Tennessee, Missouri. Yeah, so so you're not worried about it? Uh, you know, uh, I will be more worried once I see our roster flip and we truly have his entire roster of the players. They, this staff has recruited the talent they've put on the field, and then let's see where we are you know, going forward in the future uh, in some of this November swoon and uh, and stuff. So, you know, again, I'm a realist. I understand where this program came from and where we're trying to go and get there. Now, I'm not ready to throw any red flags out on anything. But you know how I feel about flags. I mean, me, me and you've talked about flags. I, I look at Tennessee. I just think there's a, a little bit of vendetta. A lot of people won't agree, but, I just think some of the officials don't like um, don't like Heifel. I don't think they like his aggressiveness. I don't think he liked him beating teams by 60 points. And uh, that's why I believe some of the holding flags that we deserve to get called on are being called on us, but they're swallowing the flags at, against other teams, and that's why their numbers are down. John Adams, you buy that? Uh, you know, Richard is very analytical and sees things that other fans don't see, and I've always been impressed with that. You know, you you might have three consecutive callers say pretty much the same thing, and then Richard will call, and we'll get oh, I didn't, I hadn't thought about that, and kind of epiphany. Oh, that's what it was. However, in this case, uh, Richard, this conspiracy vendetta thing, uh, you're better than that. I mean, that sounds what? like Garden Variety. You're better than that. Oh, there's no uh, there. Vendetta because they don't like hype. Well, that that's ridiculous. That runs all over me, and people tell me I'm better than that. I go, no, I'm not. I just said it. <laughs> now Richard's better than that. He's, See, Richard, he thinks a, you're better. He's than He's a top tier caller, and I just, John, I, I I understand what you're saying, and it's not okay. Let me rephrase it. I don't know if there's necessarily it's not a vendetta, but occasionally, sometimes, even, they're human beings like everybody else. I've refereed, I've refereed basketball, I've done football, I've done every level of sports, baseball. Hey, referees are human beings, I'm telling you. And there's sometimes they have their moments in games, too, where they, they just make calls on one and not the other. And um, the people can believe it or not, but it's a real thing. Richard, and, I, I Richard, appreciate you. When you, were, Thank you. When Richard, when you were officiating, well, did you do that? No, he didn't do that. He's even-handed guy. But but I'll say this, and he – and. The thing about the roster this year, and people didn't want to believe this earlier in the year, is they were so far from last year's team, it ain't even funny. Now, should they be sleepwalking at Missouri? See, what Richard's saying could be right in one way, but the whole sleepwalking thing is just something I can't get behind. The whole body language deal, Saturday, quarterback over there kind of chuckling on the sideline, it's not funny. Like, people have come and spent several thousand dollars. We're going to sit there after the game for four and a half hours and bathe in it. Like, none of that's funny. None of that's funny as we continue on the other side. But I do agree with Richard that the whole 
expectation deal of, well, in year two you did this, so in year three you're going to go 11 and 1. I tried to warn people in the summer, warn, 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 warn. And I'm not here to tell you I told you so because I'm not. I don't, I don't know my rear end from first base. But that roster right there was never, and I mean ever, 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 going to win 11 games. And I mean ever. As we continue after this, hour two. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. 
Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com. And check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Hello everyone, it's Santa here. Christmas is a magical time. From the songs that we sing to the cookies that we'll eat, it's a time of celebration. So why don't you come and let's start the season with singing and cookies with me, Santa and Mrs. Claus, at Once Upon a Christmas at Christchurch, Columbia at 707 Lion Parkway. That's November 17th and 18th starting at 6 p.m. You can have your picture taken with us, Mrs. Claus and I, and we'll eat a cookie too, as well as learn the history of St. Nicholas. So come out and enjoy an evening of fun and help support Crossroads to Home and Combat Vets Motorcycle Association. That's Once Upon a Christmas at Christchurch Columbia at 707 Lion Parkway here in Columbia. You can call 931-540-0898 for information. That's 931-540-0898. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Throws intercepted, Alabama! Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on the Chattanooga Mocs. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TDB back with you as we welcome you back. Stimulating conversation going on during our timeout. But we'll go back to the phones and uh, hope that our callers can help us toward that end and, and, and be better than Polly Joe was. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very disappointed in the way today's program started fiber optically. And uh, tomorrow... Down at Calhoun's on the river, we'll be there. Gates open at ten thirty. So gates open. I, I make it sound like it's some kind of like sporting event, but gates open at ten thirty. And generally, as they say over across the pond, there is a queue there. Uh, so if you get there, get there. Uh, there is a gate, Tony. There is a gate. There is a gate there, and there is a queue. I think Brian said he'll, he's going to start the autographs at uh, noon. The autographs and pictures. You know, Matt, it's interesting you'd bring that up because somebody said that Brian really does need to need to need to show. But there is a concern among a few of my friends that maybe this would eclipse Titans Bill's birthday, especially if Brian has a line of well wishers and people that are there to bring him gifts. Matt, that would be really inappropriate. Well, I'm just telling you what people have told me. So we'll go back to the phones. Let's go back to our TLD Logistics phone lines. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. This is Josh in Dallas again. 
Hey, Josh in Dallas. Welcome in. Hey, I hear other callers in Dallas calling in, man. It's really cool to hear. There's a huge fan base out there. It's neat. The show. I, it's really neat. I, I guess, right, so. We were just talking um, during the break, Josh, about that A&M opening. Not mean to hijack your call, but I don't know what you're hearing, but one of the concerns out there in the in the gambling markets is that DeBoer could get sidetracked this week, uh, and Washington's living on borrowed time anyway. And then I'm hearing also, well, John's got a kind of preposterous idea that that is it's a kind not of, preposterous. What's silly? But it's a kind of thing no. that A&M could do because of the way they view themselves. What is it, John? Introduce it. I, I think Texas A&M should do everything you can to hire Jim Harbaugh. What are you hearing from your buddies down there, man, down in the uh, well, Metroplex? The, the big thing that I heard, and I think it's shocking, is Dabo Sweeney. I, I don't see that happening. He's staying in Clemson. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see him leaving where he's at. Um, but that's a big thing that I've heard here lately with Dabo was going to go there. That's how they um, think. You know, an ACC <laughs> national championship coach, it meets the profile. John, John, do you think Dabo Swinney could win there? Oh, I think he'd win, but I don't know if he would win as much as uh, Texas A&M wants to win and should win. Yeah. Uh, that's why I say when you look at all the candidates, uh, it's why I would push Jim Harbaugh. He's He's got a better Not track record. happen. You got a better – what about your other guy you have a crush on, uh, the guy that does the Fox uh, television? Urban Meyer. Yeah. Oh, well, of course you hire Urban Meyer if you could get him. There's no question. But I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants to coach anymore. But yeah, if I were an A M booster, I would have already made that call. Hey, hey, Dallas, do you, are those people as cultish as people say they are? Like living around those A and M fans? Because they, we had a guy on yesterday uh, from Southeastern fourteen who had a great line. He said he'd be going from one football cult to another. Clemson's like a cult, and and, and those well, people at A and M. Go ahead. Well, one thing that shocks me in Dallas is you have way more A and M fans than you do Texas fans, and I, I and I really think that goes back to the Johnny Manziel years where everybody just kind of fell on the bandwagon with that. But I was shocked when I moved out there that you actually have way more A and M fans than you do, you know, the University of Texas fans. Um, and so that's you know they, they really do have a big following out there. So and when they came here, those were some really good people. And you kind of have to feel sorry for their fans because down through time, they haven't won a division championship since 1998. I mean, that's pretty hard to do when you have their resources. But, yeah, I, um, I was actually, you know. Who I, does I that remind you of? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, the one thing, though, I, you know, I, all I can say is thank God for basketball season, you know, after that, that Missouri game. Um you know, one thing I saw on that, uh, you know, I was kind of rewatching the game the other day. I can't believe I actually did that. But um, they put up a stat where Josh Heupel is 1-10, in 10, you know, when we're trailing at halftime. That's right. And and I was a little bit shocked by that. And and I don't know if y'all saw this. And I know you brought it up a few times. But did you see, like, when they, they took a shot of the huddle and Joe Milton was kind of, like, dancing and nodding his head? And I, I looked at the score, and it was 22-7, to 7, you know, when we were dead, like, it was when we were down big, and I was just thinking in my head, I mean, that's, you know, you never saw Hinn and Hooker or any of these. I just can't remember a time where I've seen anything like that. Quarterbacks well, he, don't behave like that. They just don't. Yeah, he was just staying loose, I guess. Getting his groove on. He was. He wanted to show the players, hey, it's no big deal. 
We're going to dance our way to victory right now. Yeah, he's getting his groove on over there. Well, and everybody's, you know, harping on the, the defense, which, yeah, I mean, the defense has been bad for a, a long time now until we get the players. I mean, that's just – I wasn't shocked by that. You know, when I called a few weeks ago, I kind of called it, you know, they were going to tear us up on defense. But um, it's kind of something to be said, too, that Vandy and um, Vandy and MTSU put up more points than against Missouri than we did. I mean, I mean and that's just, you know – like I said, everybody's harping on the defense and things like that. But I, I remember sitting in the stands at the Virginia game. I came in for the Virginia game. Yeah. And everybody, the atmosphere there, everybody knew that first half, like, oh, well, we have a big problem here. You know, this isn't last year's team. This offense is not flowing right now. And, yeah, granted, we blew them out. You know, Virginia's terrible. But, I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I, I kind of knew that first half of that game that, oh, wow, you know, we, we're going to have a serious problem at quarterback and the offense isn't going to be very good this year. And it hasn't been. You know, one thing I wonder, and now it's hindsight, and I'm not trying to pile on Joe Milton, but could you have played Nico, John, the whole time and gone eight and four? Uh, you, could, I think you might. You could make it if you look at it totally objectively, and don't consider what Nico might have, could have become if he'd have started from the get go. Uh, you could say, well, Tennessee would have lost to Kentucky. Joe Milton played his best game against Kentucky. Was uh, I think seventeen or twenty passing? Didn't make any mistakes. Uh, playing on the road, I think that's the other games. No, I, I think Tennessee would have won. The only other game that would have been in doubt would have been Texas A and M. But Joe Milton passed for he was eleven of twenty two for a hundred yards and threw a, a crucial. Uh, interception from the 16-yard line of the Aggies through an interception into the end zone. So I don't see how Nico could have been any worse than that. So I would say they might be one game better if if uh, Nico had started and finished. But what, what do you think, Matt? Because you'd have been further along right now. You'd have been further along toward next year. And they could have done that. I mean, these guys are guys that make a lot of money. They could have easily brought him in and just said, hey, you're our starter. What would our number look like, Matt? You feel like if you had Nico out there as a starter? I, I think John. I mean, at, at worst, you'd be just one game worse. Um, I did. I just think putting Nico behind that offensive line without Cooper Mays at the beginning of the season was was a disaster waiting to happen. The the one thing, Matt, I, I wonder about though, when we look at that uh, scenario, we we look at it well what Nico might not have been able to do because he's a freshman. But we also don't know what he positively he might have been able exactly to right. do. That's exactly right. Yeah, his because wheels. maybe in that Florida game, yeah. uh, maybe he'd run 70 yards for a touchdown. That's right. He'd give you that X you factor. The wheels and the one-two. And the thing Joe Milton just doesn't have to our caller in Dallas he just doesn't have that deal where he looks at everybody and everybody looks at him, and now all of a sudden we're better. He just doesn't do that. He, does, yeah, he doesn't no, elevate no. teammates. No, he does not elevate teammates. With either his play or his leadership. And by the way, he couldn't have done it two years ago on that team. He couldn't have done it last year. People say, well, he'd had the same surrounding case. I'm telling you right now, this guy would not have won with last year's team because the guy's not a winner. No offense to him. No. Well, my thing I have, too, is how was this Georgia game a 10-point spread? I mean, I actually had free tickets to come in for this game, yes. and I obviously I turned that down. But I, I, they're going to beat us by at least three or four touchdowns. It feels um, like that to me. That feels like that 10-point spread, if I'm gambling, feels like a layup. 
kind of like Penn State and uh, Michigan last week. I look at that number last week and I said, four and a half. Are you kidding? I just couldn't figure that out last week. I, I think it's the power of the 14-game win streak at Neyland. I think Probably that has right, something Brian. to do with it. They've yeah, won sure. 27 games no matter where they played. Georgia has. I know. That's right. Also, That's right, Matt. it's the fact that Georgia, Georgia barely beat Auburn on the road. Yeah. Did it play South Carolina on the road, or was that at Sanford State? That was at home. I no, the only, home, other, I the only other road game, and it's neutral side at best, was Vandy. Auburn's their only true road game. It's incredible how Georgia far. gets away with and it. They, and they obviously struggle. It's incredible. Yeah, how they so get away I, with I think it. that's uh, that's part of it. I think uh, also they might look at it as though uh, look at Georgia's string of victories. I mean, Georgia's gotten better. It. I mean, Florida's not that good of a team, but it's a big deal for Georgia to be up for that game, and it really was. It pounded Florida. Uh, Missouri's a, a really good team. Georgia had to get up for that. Won that. Then Ole Miss comes to uh, Athens, and it's uh, right to ninth nationally. He's only lost one game, and Georgia gets up for that and plays. It's pretty much a, a mistake-free game. Couldn't have been much better. So maybe there's the thought of, well, this team is due for a letdown. I'm saying all that as a devil's advocate. Uh, when I look at this game, I, I don't see in what area can Tennessee – fare better than Georgia. I agree with that. And that's a real concern. And the other thing is, you better score first, and you better score second if you're the Vols. You get get two scores, two early scores, you have an opportunity. Anything else for us in Dallas? Anything else for us? No, no, I I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the call. You know, I really uh, really enjoy the show. Y'all don't sugarcoat it. You know, I don't think that we need to, and that, you know, just Aren't actually keeping it real as ball fans, and I, you know, that's why I enjoy the show. Uh, the show, so I appreciate you know you taking the call. Yeah, I mean, I just like to talk like we're in a barber shop. That's what we're doing here. I mean, if I could rename this show, it'd be a Basilio's Barber Shop. That's what we're doing. When I was a kid growing up, that informed the way I watched sports. Those old dudes that would sit around in the barber shop when I was five, six, seven years old, and just hearing them go back and forth on their opinions on this or that or. Chris Short and Jim Bunning, back in my era. And what are the Eagles going to do when they play the Cowboys? And, boy, Penn State this year, the linebackers are slow, and this, that, and the other. And So, Tony, I mean, it is your show, so why don't you have a home studio. Why don't you give it a barbershop motif? And, uh, it's not a bad idea. Junkman Isaac, if you're listening, I'll I could use it. Yeah. And uh, for a small fee, and I'll be the old guy, and I'll talk to these young people about what's going on. Well, and, you know what? We could easily go with that motif. Um, next year, Garza Law, fifth quarter fan reaction, we could have like a waiting area. Because we have had people in the past during some of these explosive wins. Now, we haven't had one this year. Where you just want to get up and scream. Um, I guess A and M's oh. the best win this year. Maybe Kentucky. Yeah, I w- and with that barbershop motif, how about uh, two old guys, Titans Bill and me, sitting around talking football? Sure, I think people would. I think people would 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 gather here. 
we could sell uh, we could sell spots in the in the Basilio barber shop, but get a barber chair. Get a, I need a pole behind me, Junkman Isaac. If you're listening, if you come across a, a barber pole, I mean, what could be worse than some of my NASL pennants up there behind me? Those of you that watch the visual presentation of this, I've got a Miami Dolphin pennant from the early '70s up there. Let's go back to our phones. A Tennessee pennant from the '70s. Hello and welcome into our next call. Gino Adams. Oh, there he is. You got anything else for us? And he hung up. And he hung up. John, could, could he we on business? Could we keep uh, Titans <laughs> Bill on topic? Do you think if we had that uh, barbershop motif? Hey, hey, Brian, he stands on having not performed any business in the last thirty years. That guy. <laughs> That's the business he stands on. He stands on not working. You know, Adams. That's what he stands on. Not doing anything productive, but yelling Gino Adams at. Several or seven or eight radio shows that he's ostracized himself from because he's a damn clown. John Adams' appearance today, presented by Jennifer Morris at Keller Williams. Holidays are a great place to buy. And, and listen, you're dealing with a living Vol fan in, in, in Jennifer Morris. I want you to check out her website, yournextmovesmokymountains.com. Yournextmovesmokymountains.com. Maybe I was a little too hard on. On that last call, or maybe it's just 25 years of non-production. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. How you doing? Hey, Zakai. Zakai, don't be like that last caller. Yeah, what, what, what is that? Well, see, he started out as a really good young caller like you. I took him under wings back in the day, but he he, but but he turned, he turned and went dark side. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was pretty weird right there. But, um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But um, I wanted to bring up the point. I got a couple points, actually. So when you bring up the Dallas Turner targeting, I understand. Because I, I, a couple weeks ago, I meant to call you about this, but he brought it up again, so I can just go ahead and talk about yeah. it. So, okay, it was a targeting. I understand that. But I kind of feel like you unfairly does for calling him a dirty player. Because people brought up, when we were complaining about that, people brought up, the Amari Thomas hit on Bryce Young last year, pretty much kind of being identical. And I kind of feel like you unfairly judged him on that because we really can't. I mean, Amari Thomas ain't a, a dirty player. It was just a bang, bang type of play. It happened, and we got away with it. Well, when I look at the, the Bama defender, I see a guy launch off both feet. When you When you leave your feet like that to hit somebody, and then the first impact is right there in the front of that face mask. What else could that possibly be than throwing him out of the game? If you're going to tell me we're here to protect athletes, and I don't, Matt, what do you think? That the Thomas hit, people are trying to annex the, the play whataboutism on the Thomas. Do, do you see similarities there, Matt? Uh, there's some. It, it was a, a hit on the quarterback. Uh, I think Thomas's was more, you know, kind of a routine in the play thing. He just hit the quarterback after he threw it. The Dallas Turner one, it was clear that he had he was gonna the ball was out. And again, you had the launch part of it. Um and I think this this wasn't the first time that Dallas Turner had, had delivered one of those types of shots. He had injured Quinn Ewers the year before. Hello. And I think he had done it earlier in the season. So it there's probably a maybe it's an unfair reputation, but 
I think that is probably a lot of the outrage after it. But I mean, it, you, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to argue if they had called Amari Thomas for targeting in that game two years ago, or I guess last year. Turner scrambled somebody else's eggs earlier in the year. You're exactly right, Matt. In similar, in a similar fashion, and doesn't get it called on him. Okay, well, yeah, I guess yeah, we cover that point. I understand where you're coming from, but I guess since we're talking, yeah, we're on the uh, Nico. I mean, I'm going to Nico conversation. I you think we're kind of we're kind of rushing these dudes because, like I said, I, it's a scene. I, I'm looking at the Texas quarterback situation, right? And their their bright five star is the third string, and even though they have a good season, all even in these even in these I guess cupcake games or whatever, he's still not getting. I'm not seeing any. He's not getting really any burgers. I don't think he's it's in their. I don't think he's uh, the Manning kids in their plans. I'll, I'll be completely honest about that. I was hearing well, whispers. Like, well, well, hang on. I was hearing whispers about that before the season. And Quinn Ewers sounds to me like he's going to come back for another year next year because this is. Yeah, because yeah, this is a huge crop of NFL quarterbacks here, and he wants to kind of time it and come back and have a, a big year next year. And. There's been whispers around the whole Manning thing that they might look to go somewhere else because I think the kid in front of him, who's a red shirt player now, but the kid in front of him's ahead of him on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So he's a third team player. So the, the the comparing him to Nico Zakai, I think are two you're in you're in two you're in two different worlds there because look. Um, John, how much better of a college quarterback is Quinn Ewers than our guy? Like one and a half times, he's precipitously better than him. Yeah, I don't put I don't put yours though up there with the top tier quarterbacks that you referred to. Um, I, he's not in that class, and I think it's a very wise move for him to come back. He hasn't played that much football. Yeah, and and one of the things that would concern him concern me about him are the injuries. I mean, if you're getting hurt a lot like Anthony Richardson was in college, why does the NFL think, oh, well, he'll be injury-free in the pros? I don't think so. I think uh, durability is a big trait, and we've seen that with Joshua Dobbs, how he's having a sort of a Cinderella season. It's a great now story. With the Vikings. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, certainly you would have – I mean, look at this league right now. Uh, I just don't think Joe Milton's skill set is best suited for this offense. Imagine Brady Cook in this offense. Wow, man. Wow. He's accurate. He can move. Good runner. Good instincts. Go ahead, Zakai. Well, I think, you know, Joe Milton, I don't want to say I feel sorry for him because he's got got NIL money. He's got a degree. He's going to be fine. But you know, it's just it kind of it is kind of hard to, to watch somebody to go out there pretty much. Stick. I mean, when it, they just when he just does the boneheaded thing, that's what gets. It's not the actual overall play. It's just the the bad decisions that he makes while in game. It's like he's a freshman, but he's a six year senior. We expect more out of him. I thought and it was interesting that. yesterday when Wednesdays with Watson Brown said it was. He said when he had some adversity last week. He started holding onto that ball harder, and he started throwing it harder. He said, and then at the end of the game, he was so far in the suit when he threw that pick back in the back of the end zone. I thought it was really curious then, and I still think it is, the further we get away from it, John, that 
we didn't go with um, Nico there with five minutes left. It's really strange the the way they've done the quarterback deal here with him. It it really makes it look as though Tennessee wants to redshirt him. Why? Uh, well, I it it does it seems illogical. If he's as good as advertised, why would you think he would be here five years? Adam Sparks suggested that in his piece. He 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 brought that up, and it's you know it's certainly food for thought because nothing else makes sense. Nothing else makes sense. Well, yeah, that's what it, you know. I, I think due to the fan base, like the fan base, it's kind of it's almost getting obnoxious. It's kind of annoying. Like I like I love these people because I mean we're all in this together. But it's just kind of getting annoying because, like, I don't—I really didn't know what people expected. I just like, do you think you know, like, what if Josh Heifel had this same season last year? What would, like, what would the expectation be? Because it'd I don't be really better know. for him. It would have been better for him if he'd have had this season last year. Because, like, I mean, but do you, don't you think we would have been good and patient? Because we were what eight and four or seven and four. Eight people four, would have been really happy with. People would have been really happy with this season last year. Now, obviously, we didn't know. In retrospect, you know, we didn't. We were the bell of the ball last year, going into that South Carolina game, a playoff football team, going to the playoff, not needing to go yeah. to the SEC championship game to yeah. go to the playoff. We were going to sneak in there in that four spot and yeah. gave it back. But in the process, Akai, we raised those expectations. To the point where people thought, oh, well, Josh Heupel's over there. He's got magical powers when it's always been about your players. And they just don't have enough playmakers on this team, really, on either side of the ball. But what would, be like the, what would be the realistic expectation next year, then? Because we're getting a, a sophomore quarterback, I guess. John? Or a ranch or whatever, whatever what, you want to What be. is the realistic expectation? John was talking to us during the break. He doesn't think the schedule's that formidable. Go ahead. No, I just think I look at that schedule and I see Oklahoma, Texas. I'm, I'm sorry, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama. Tennessee will be favored for sure in every other game. So if you win one of the three, and I'm not sure how good Oklahoma will be next year. It's losing its quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I think George, Georgia and Alabama will be in great shape, of course. But what I'm saying is you win one of those three games – you're ten and two, and you very well can make the college football playoff wow. with a twelve-team field. You know, so I, um, think, I just got chills, Akai. I just got chills yeah, thinking I, about a playoff. Well, no, I think that the expectation should be really high for next really? season. Is that fair? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't know. It's fair at that staff. I don't know. Talk it's about fair. expectations. The first year, Heupel was wasn't supposed to be to make a bowl game. No one thought, and then he comes in and wins seven games. Well, his first two and years, Brian, was all that point. So he actually yeah. overachieved the first two years, you could argue. His first two years has been more of normal. Made people believe he had magical powers. They really did, and I still think he's very good. But it, the the narrative that he just rolls at whoever he rolls out there, and you're going to be great, it's just not true. You got to have a quarterback that can really play if you're going to do this offense or really fits the offense. I'll rephrase that. You have to have a quarterback that really fits his offense. Why would, uh, why would Josh Heupel think Joe Milton really fits this offense? I have no idea. Well, I mean, I guess it's all we had at the moment. It's not like 
don't think we. I don't think we kind of had a choice. Well, Zakai chose him twice. In major college football, well, right. well, chose I think, him twice. I think it was one of the things. Uh, the first year, I mean, I give him a pass because it was, you know, you see, I mean, Henry Hooker, I don't know what he had really did at Virginia Tech. I didn't really see him, but Joe Milton, I guess he was an athletic freak at the time, and we can only go off what we see in Michigan as practice. And then, like I said, of course, we didn't find out what Henry Hooker was until he got in. But I guess we could say the same thing with Dobbs and Worley because, I mean, no, I guess Bush Jones didn't believe. I guess he went in the same practices and everything, and still didn't believe Dobbs was going to be a good player. Now look what he is. Or like look what he was in Tennessee. You, you are right, and I appreciate the call. The thing that's interesting to me, Matt, about the whole Milton thing is that I. It looks like I'm not going to say Milton fooled him because that's a little hard, but that is essentially what's happened here. Yeah, and I mean, you just got stuck with 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 the quarterback and and. It's kind of a bridge. I mean, as frustrated as we are watching it, yeah. you know it. The the frustration that Hypel has has to be just infinitely worse. And I just, I think that Hooker's mentorship of Milton, uh, maybe helping him develop like some practice habits and and some leadership stuff off the field. I think the coaches expected that to kind of carry over, and it doesn't seem like any of that did. And I think that's really affected the the team. Um, and because Milton's just not a leader, and he, you know, he then just and you see how I mean, you've talked about it all year, just how non serious he is, and I think that wears off on your entire team. Um, and I, so I think that's a factor here. And I just they just got stuck with, with a, a year where they didn't have a great quarterback, and you know, you hope Nico, Nico is that, and if, if he is, um, then the next two years you should have really lofty expectations. It's the Thursday edition. I'm nine and Go four ahead. this year. Yeah, and and Nico, you know, showcases a little bit in a bowl win, um, and you go into the off season with you know on some on a good note. You know, I, I I think I think everything's fine. That that'll help. That should set you up to do well in the portal as well. Yeah, it really should. You need some positive momentum. The portal is um, the portal's a December deal, so and it's going to be wild. And how many guys are they involved with? And what's going? I'm going to try to get a handle on that. Sort of see if I can sniff around in terms of what they're doing and how close to the vest the cards are going to be because it's going to get absolutely wild here. Guys coming and guys going, which it's going to be breakneck. Once those conference championship games are played, so we're a couple weeks out from it, but on that Monday when it opens, it is going to be wild child. And for 30 days, we continue as uh, we roll it back on a Thursday. The great John Adams in the house. After this. this is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? 
experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7, and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. I've got our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson for Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's find out what's going on at Foodland and what great savings you guys have for the next two weeks. All righty. Well, we have cooked shanked portion ham, a dollar forty nine a pound. Sweet potatoes, thirty nine cents a pound. Mrs. Smith or Edwards pies, five ninety nine each. Smithfield spiral sliced ham, two forty nine a pound. Food club turkey, a dollar twenty nine a pound. Coca Cola twelve packs, two for eleven. And Pillsbury pie crust frozen, two for six, and a whole bunch more. All right. People need to come in and check it out. You always have a flyer right there handy at the door for everybody. So, And these sales run again for uh, the next two weeks, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyways, you guys are located right there on West 7th Street. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Miles, you and the staff have a great uh, Thanksgiving next weekend. All righty. Same to y'all. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. I want to remind you tomorrow, as I welcome you back, we're live at Calhoun's on the River, which has really been a terrific time this year. It really has been. It's a sacred thing when we get an opportunity to get together. And uh, tomorrow will be no exception. Tomorrow we celebrate the birthday of one of our special listeners titans bill and if you come out tomorrow and you meet him you'll you'll know what i'm talking about but uh really sweet guy and tomorrow we celebrate his birthday he's a polarizing sweet guy he's a kind of a complicated sweet guy but a sweet guy nonetheless 15 and- your most uh, point your best callers are polarizing that pole theme you've got going pole wow huh we have that moron, Polly Joe, who needs to understand something. John, when you watch this Tennessee basketball team, are you agreeing with me that they look like a Final Four basketball team? This is the best team uh, Rick Barnes has had by far. By far, and I and I don't I don't know uh, how it will do. I mean, there's always that NCAA tournament postseason cloud hanging over the program, 
and it was there before Rick Barnes. But one of the things I like about this team is it added two transfers who, to me, are maybe the best players on the team. Certainly uh, Dalton Connect and uh, Jordan Ganey. Uh, Connect, what I like about him, he might can impact. I'm trying to think. He might be Tennessee's best player to the Houston to the it wow to the idiots and you are idiots that keep emailing me and saying we quit talking about that Ken Palm thing look what it got us last year first of all the clock is set by Ken Palm in college basketball the lines are set by Ken Palm We are going to talk about your Ken Palm rating on here because, really, at the end of the day, it's all that matters. Tennessee is going to be like a 15-point favorite against Syracuse. How do we know? We look at Tennessee's ranking and their ranking in the Ken Palm deal, and that's how you put it together. So quit emailing me, morons. Learn a little something. Quit being myopic, clowns. Tony. Do, do you think it's appropriate to talk down to your your followers? I'm not like talking that? down to anybody. I'm talking right to somebody. I'm not talking down. I, I'm uh, we're peers here. This it's is mano a mano. And while we're it's on the idiot. subject, you you Rick Barnes naysayers, I want to teach you a little phrase here. This is by the time we get to Phoenix in in Polish. By the time we get to Phoenix. Zanim dotrzemy do Phoenix. By the time we get to Phoenix. Zanim dotrzemy do Phoenix. Now we go back to our phones. You morons. Piss me off. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, will you play that one more time? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll be glad to. It's the Denny Fungigan to Phoenix. By the time we get to Phoenix. Zanim dotrzemy do Phoenix. By the time we get to Phoenix. Zanim dotrzemy do Phoenix. Zanim dotrzemy do Phoenix. Zanim dotrzemy do Phoenix. Phoenix. Hey, this is Drew. What's going on? Hey, Drew. Welcome in, brother. How's it going? Been a while. Been a while, man. Good to hear from you. Hey, um, you know, since 2007, other than the 11-2 and two year we had last year, our best regular season is what? Uh, eight and four. Eight and four. Jeez, nine, nine and four with a bowl yeah. win. Yeah, thank you. So... What are we, I guess to, to the fan base, my question is, what are we doing here? What do we expect? I mean, people, I understand that this year has been disappointing. I'm not justifying um, the way things have gone as far as on the road against Florida and Missouri, but this is going to, you know, we're not Alabama or Georgia, and you want to talk about a program that took forever to figure it out that should have figured it out a long time ago, Georgia. Um, this is going to take some real time and stability. And people point to the 90s and have, or have been saying, oh, well, I saw elite, you know, and I want to see it again. And that's fair, but the SEC was nothing in the 90s compared uh, to what it is now. If you want to be mad about anything, be mad about the fact that we didn't win about three more national titles in the 90s. I mean, well, that's to, really a shame. I'll say this to my friends in sales, because this is what Heupel did last year. He went out last year and got a couple of huge accounts and yep. put up a number 
that there was no way he was going to duplicate. In fact, he might be chasing that number the rest of his time here. And, and yeah, so his yeah, goals, his goals by the home office have really shot through the roof. You couldn't help but disappoint everybody this year. You exactly were not right. going to duplicate that. And you, you're Especially not going to get those two big accounts. It ain't going to happen. I mean, it's just amazing to me how quick people forget how bad it has been. This season, I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of like the 2002 season in a way. I'm sure that comparison's been made. Um, But, you know, when when you look at the talent that this team has, I I just really don't know why we expected any better. And in the 90s, I mean, we beat an 8-3 and Mississippi State team and a 9-2 and Auburn team in the SEC championship game and barely squeaked by them. I mean, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer on the best years, but we're pretty lucky that the West kind of sucked back then. I mean, yeah. let's just let's just be real here. I mean, that Auburn team was pretty good on paper, at least. They went ten and three, but we didn't have to deal. And some of it, hey, credit to Fulmer for bearing Bama. Some of it was create was created by us indirectly, but. You know, we did, I'm just so tired of people saying, oh, we've seen Elite, we want to see it again, when how many times have we won 10 games in a season? 13. Anyway? 13. So 13 times in how many years? 130 years or so. So what, so, what are, so, what, so what are we doing? What are people doing? What, John, what, is he right? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm he, makes, he makes right a good now. point. I understand that side of it. However... Let's just set aside the past and let us set aside uh, the the high points of what has been a bad era for from 2008 till till now. Uh, Josh Heupel, if he goes nine and four this year, he hits the high mark of what this program has been doing in the last 13 years. But that's not what you should inspire oh, to do. incredible, really. Just look at it, Tennessee I'm, I'm right saying, now. But, John, I see I'm a program that has always recruited well. I don't care who the coach is. Even bad coaches can recruit a top 20 class to Tennessee. Also, you add in the fact that Tennessee has a very aggressive, lucrative NIL program. It can get players. That matters so much now. It's got a yeah. $9 million coach who's... Yeah. He's one of the best offensive coaches in the country, despite the season. I really believe that. I think it's just a quarterback issue with the offense. So I agree. all those things, and now Maybe. you're going to a 12-team playoff, I think Tennessee fans should expect to make the playoffs fairly no, often. Should. What do you think, no, Jeff? No, what do you think, Drew? So, so the, the, the best the – Saving grace in Tennessee being able to elevate what our program is is the 12-team playoff. Because we had a chance in the 90s to be one of those programs that could turn it around in three short years. I know we have the NIL program. I know we've got a big stadium. I know we've got a well-paid coach. But I feel like as a fan base, we fool ourselves into thinking that somehow we have higher expectations. We have more resources than Alabama. Georgia, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. I mean, the bottom line is all of those programs have just as rabid a fan bases. All those programs have closer, better home recruiting than we do. Now, the state of Tennessee. I throw Florida and Auburn in there, by the way, in your little spiel there. 
That thing goes seven or eight deep in this league right now when you add Texas and Oklahoma. If that's where we are. That's where we are because at the end of the day, it's about Jimmy's and Joe's. And, yes, this program has a lot of money, and, yes, we're going to be active in the portal, but so are all these other programs. Like, we, I just feel like we fool ourselves into believing because we're a rabid fan base and because we, we traditionally have been top ten in wins that somehow pr- pretty much punched over our weight, if we're being honest with ourselves, given the factors that I just laid out, that this, this year is just not – I just feel like this year is not as much of a disappointment as people are making it out to be. Yes, it would have been nice to have hit double-digit wins. The saying that I used all offseason was we need to turn one into two, which is turn one great season into two. We might come a little bit short of that, but we do have the 12-team playoff coming up, which is the best chance to elevate this program uh, into a tier that it's never been. But if you want to be mad at anybody, be mad at Philip Fulmer for only winning one national title. I mean, do people forget, like, People are mad. We went to an Orange Bowl, won 11 games last year, and people are mad that we are probably going to win nine games this year when we were the only show in town other than Florida and the SEC for an entire decade, and we blew national championship opportunities in 95, 96, 97, 99. 2006, we were up on Florida and LSU 17-7 going into the fourth quarter and lost to both of them. So if you want to be mad at anybody for this program not being where it needs to be, bad, where it needs to be, be mad at Philip Fulmer for not capitalizing on the opportunity wow. to move us up to tier one A. Drew, thank you. John Adams can't can't subscribe to that. Well, defend I mean, Fulmer. I defend Fulmer. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, this is a Hall of Fame coach uh, who uh, took Tennessee where it hadn't been before until. Uh, General Nealon. Uh, no, he's right about if you look, you look at Tennessee's talent back then, it should have won more. It's really- it was ridiculous how bad the 97 team got beat by Nebraska in that Orange Bowl game. And, Matt, this is an impassioned defense you're hearing here. I want you to know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I resent the fact he was that critical Fulmer. They had Peyton be. Manning for four seasons and won how many SEC championships? One. Wow, it's incredible. And Jennifer, also the steamroll pyramid of blame. Florida team too. So Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams presents John Adams. You can find her at nextmovesmokymountains.com. Back to our phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call on the Basilio Show on a Thursday. It's like a tradition. A tradition like none other. Like no other. On the Basilio. Yes. Like no other, brother. No other. Like the Masters. Yep. CK, CK Bogie, it's always a privilege to be on the mic with uh, you, you gentlemen. Bogota, um, not Columbia. Matt, What's up, Brian. brother? So I wanted to talk about Tennessee basketball for a minute, but just a quick thing on football because I agree with that caller. I think Tennessee should have won another national championship in 2001 with that team that was loaded. I think they could have beaten Miami. I think oh, I'm past, no. past LSU. But, Fulmer's catching strays today. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Fulmer. Um, and, you know, Saturday you gave me a little hope by saying if Tennessee scores the first two 
times they might have a chance. Is there a possibility that Georgia is in any way overlooking Tennessee? No. I've listened to let – me, Let me help you okay. out. Let me help you out. No. Right. Please no. I just uh, – You're getting their full-throated attention this week. I just wrote a column about that. Kirby Smart, when he was a player at Georgia, was 0-4 against Tennessee. He lost to Peyton Manning three times, and then he lost to Tennessee's national championship team. Uh, those uh, those players who become coaches, and they, they're coaching in the same region, in the same conference, they don't forget those games. It sticks with them. Tennessee will always be marked or circled. I think on Kirby's smart schedule because it he knows how how they beat him consistently when he was a player. He won't he won't ever forget that. And Georgia's got so much to play for now. I'm not saying it'll play its best game. And I mean it's possible it has an off game, but it won't it won't be because it's overlooking Tennessee. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Bogota, before you switch, yeah, before you switch to hoops, let me say to the radio listener, I love you and I appreciate you. We're going to do a uh, TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime. We'll do some. Uh, it won't be a ton. We'll get the calls that are on hold. I'll get you in. Calhoun's on the river tomorrow where we'll be. Hopefully John will come down. Brian Hartman will be down there signing autographs.